Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, everybody. Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy all of the things, friends. This is our Christmas episode. Ho, ho, hoes. That's what we are. I guess our holiday episode. We've got a great show today. First, we're announcing the winner of the Jolie Shower Hacks. And winner of the Jolie Showerhead is Big Business. Boo. And then we are talking about ways to survive the holiday season. The weather outside may be frightful, and so might be hanging with your family. But a bunch. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, kiddo. The tits and the shits. For today's tits and shits, I thought maybe we could do something a little bit different. Cafe Mom did something called a mom index study, and they dove into the concept of the default parent, the invisible load of parenthood that falls on one parent, typically moms, and the impact that it has during the most wonderful time of the year, the holidays. Maybe we'll do our tits and shits of being the default parent during the holidays. Let me start with the cons, because those are easy (laughs) to think of for me. This goes in both categories. Doing all of the present shopping, I actually love like buying gifts for people and consider myself very good at it. And thoughtful. Yeah, I really enjoy it. However, Lee and I have been together for almost seven years, which is not a whole lot of time to get to know someone's extended family that you might want to give gifts to. So sometimes I get a little frustrated that that falls on me, but I'm not really getting a whole lot of input. Or when I do have an idea, it's shut down. I'm like, because you didn't give me any input. Right. How am I supposed to know? That's a pro and a con because I do actually like doing and figuring it out. It's just I could use some help. All of the travel and all that kind of stuff falls to me. I think part of it is because Lee's family is Jewish and my family's Catholic and his family is far away. So it's not like we're going to go do Hanukkah eight days in California. A lot of the holiday travel is on me as well. But that's also because my family's the one doing the Christmas thing, which is a lot more going back and forth. We have a different idea of what the holiday season should look like and what kind of presents, if any, your child should get and the kind of experience. And I don't know if that comes from being the default parent. I think regardless, we would have that issue, whoever was a default parent, but laying on me to do a lot of that gift giving and creating the magic, I wish we were more on the same page. My biggest thing is if you want to put a majority of the labor on me, then I will take it, but I then don't want to hear... I don't want to hear anything. Right. I don't want to hear the naysaying when I schedule a plan, when I'm handling the holiday travel, when I'm setting dates, when I'm handling a food menu, when I'm taking care of presents, when I'm doing all of these things, you either relinquish control to me and shut your mouth, or it's an issue. That's how I am with everything that has to do with the default parent, because last night at dinner, I'm responsible for the dinner. I had worked a full day, two days different jobs, came home and I just hadn't planned dinner. So I made what I think is a delicious menu from what we had, including a different thing for Luna than was for me and Lee. So two dinners with what we had. And Lee was like, I don't really like that you use frozen kale. I was like, what I didn't ask you. Two, we had no other vegetables. And I pulled this truly out of my butt and made a delicious meal. I don't want to hear anything. Right. You came down and the dinner was on the table. Done. That's how I feel about this holiday thing too. So we were decorating 
decorating this weekend and we went and got our tree. Matt doesn't like a fake tree. That's all pre-lit and easy. I like it, but during COVID, I was like, we're not doing the fake tree. We're doing a real tree because I need as much joy and magic as possible. I need as much serotonin firing to my body. And I want that real smell and stuff. The thing that irritates me about the tree is the needles. And our tree is very much a Jewish and Christmas tree. There are Jewish stars all over it and menorahs and dreidels and all kinds of stuff. It's the Drake of Christmas trees. It's the Ashley Heron Smith of Christmas trees. I've been wanting to redo our living room. Our living room just feels like a mess to me, but we're waiting to build built-ins on the wall. So in the meantime, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move the sofa, deep clean our ruggable carpet. And let me just tell you the amount of resistance I was met with. Really? For moving this stupid sofa. Yes. Not only Matt, Sebastian also was like, you're making me sad by moving this sofa. I have no room to play. And I'm like, there's a whole house. We always move stuff around to put the Christmas tree up. So irritating. I want to read these Cafe Mom Mom Index statistics and see how much we agree with, okay? Okay. The default parent holiday edition. This category is she's the holiday shopper. They say 90% of our moms do the majority of holiday shopping. True. I have a spreadsheet essentially in my notes app that I have kept tabs of everything. So Surprised? No. 94% are responsible for coordinating teacher school gifts. True. True. I did my Charlottesville General Store coffee. I didn't mean to plug it here, but I will remind you, Momtourage 10 will get you 10% off at Charlottesville General Store. <laughs> 70% shop on behalf of their significant other. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do all his family. 42% purchase their own holiday gifts. No, I draw the line at that. I'll send ideas though. But I send ideas all year long. Matt is very good. He keeps a whole list on his phone. Lee, not so much. Most men, not so much. Right. 66% prefer to purchase actual presents versus gift cards. Ooh, I'm on the fence with that one. My family prefers regular gifts and Lee's a gift card person. I love a gift card. For kids, we basically just do gift cards, especially now as a mom. Why would I send another mother more stuff? Kids have so many toys. You have no idea what they want. I find that there's usually some big toy that kids are saving their money for. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm contributing to that. 90% of our moms wrap the bulk of the presents. Yep. 84% of our moms coordinate holiday travel plans. Amen. Yep. 78% take charge of holiday decorating. Yeah. Lee doesn't even really want to decorate. This is a shared one in our house. They want to partake. They just complain. 73% of our Latina moms host the big holiday meal. I'm doing Christmas Eve, Noche Buena. My sister and I are doing Christmas Eve. That's good that you're sharing it. Yeah. And then the last category they have is she's upholding family traditions. So they say 89% of our moms bake holiday cookies. No. I do. Sebastian School did a fundraiser of boxes of pre-made cookies that you just put in the oven. So that's the extent of it. Each family member in my family passed down orally of... A recipe. I wrote it down eventually. Oh, that's nice. Each grandkid or each sibling or whatever knows how to make one of the famous Italian family recipes. Which is the one that you make? The cookie one. Pot cheese biscottis. It's like Italian Christmas cookies. So I make them every year. Well, that's nice. 43% send out holiday cards. Nope. Ain't got the time. I used to. Don't do it anymore. Like, really? Now I have to send correspondence over snail mail? No, thank you. 55% plan to donate time or money to charitable causes. I donate money. Yeah, I sometimes do time, but mostly it's money or food. Sebastian School, because we're in the inner city, they take coat donations, they take canned food. And then I also just donated to the Jewish Federation of North Jersey, which feeds 
Jewish seniors. Nice. 34% of our Latina moms coordinate matching family PJs. That is true. We did it for the Polar Express. We haven't done it yet, but we think about it every year. Hannah Anderson, I'm telling you. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you guys. How do you feel about this? Do you feel like this is fair? Do you feel like this reflects how your household is run? Let us know. And I'd really love to hear from a man who is the default parent and see what the difference is. So let us know. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. So as you guys know, we love the Jolie shower head. It retails for $165. I've actually started showering more because I enjoy it so much. It's so nice. I know. You can get it at JolieSkinCo.com. We have partnered with them to give one mom with the best mom shower hack a new shower head. And let me tell you, it's so easy to install and you will not regret it. If you didn't hear, Carrie had a water main break mm-hmm. where all her water was brown and it cleared the water which is incredible. So I thought maybe you and I should share a couple of our shower hacks. Sure. Luna is a little bit of a hesitant shower taker, but sometimes it's just easier. So I've developed a little game for her to play, which is I get little plastic measuring cups and other little plastic things and I get food coloring and I let her make potions with food coloring in the shower while I shower just to keep her into it. That's a good idea. Thanks. I like that. You could do it with other stuff, but I just didn't want her using my fancy shampoo and conditioner. But if I had cheap shampoo and conditioner, I would just probably use that. Originally, she was doing that in school, learning that yellow and blue make green. And so it was a learning thing. Now it's just her magic potion. Maybe about a year ago, I was doing my mom long shower day. You know how we all have like one day a week that we can shave your legs and whatever. Right. Wash your hair, shave your legs, trim your pubes, do all of those kinds of things. And, you know, I use my husband's beard trimmer to shave my pubes. Yes. And I was sitting in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet doing this so that the hair fell into the toilet. And Sebastian came in and said, Mama, what you doing? And I said, oh, um, well, I'm shaving my beard. It was the best I could come up with. My vagina beard. <laughs> he proceeded to scream downstairs, Dada, Dada, Mama shaving her beard. <laughs> so now my shower hack is lock the door. I have one more. I keep an old toothbrush in the shower with me because when I'm in there, I always see disgusting mold. And also we need to read do our master bath, but it has an old jacuzzi tub that we don't use, but the jets get so much mold in them. So I keep a toothbrush in there. When I didn't live with Lee, I used to also keep shower cleaner in there because sometimes I just do the hot water and just do the toothbrush gets the mold off right away. So I have the bigger one that you put the Dawn into. Yeah. I have to use a hair mask every time I wash my hair. Humble brag. Is it? My hair is so dry, but it needs time to sit. I'll shave my legs in that time, but also washing the shower is really helpful in that time. I want to know when Luna will like showering better than taking a tubby because I have to basically force her. He doesn't want to put down his iPad to go upstairs and take a shower because he's addicted to his iPad. So what we do is we'll say like, okay, well, if you want to get back to your iPad quickly, why don't you just take a quick shower? When he was younger, he would take a shower with us, but we've kind of come to the conclusion that maybe he's a little too old to be in the shower with mommy. Luna is starting to 
notice things. I mean, it's different because it's girl, girl, because Lee's not really giving her the shower. I still see my mom naked and vice versa. Remember when we were on Scary Mommy, they said once the kid starts noticing, that's when you take the cue. I've been trying to be more aware of that too, but Luna just only wants to do the tubby. He wants it more and more now. Did you have any hacks when Luna was a baby? Because for me, and I feel like every mom has thought of this at this point, I would just put him in the little bouncy chair in the shower and I would sing to him. But at that age, he really hated when I would sing. What's that one Celine Dion song? Matt, what was the Celine Dion song Sebastian hated that we would sing to him when he was a baby? Celine Dion. Oh my God. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. It's coming back to me now. I have a video of him when he was a baby in the bath and we would sing it to him. And I was like really into it. And he just goes, and I'm not a bad singer. I'm so offended. That's so funny. All right. So let's start from the bottom to the top. A couple ones that I think are notable. Dejanae Moss said, hello, my best mom shower hack was buying an electric shower scrubber to clean the bath shower. This has been such a game changer for my back and sciatica after baby number two. I've thought about doing that because I've seen someone put it on a regular drill, the attachment. I've seen one on Amazon Home Finds on TikTok, just a long stick with a rotating brush on it. And I was like, oh, do I need that? But like, where do I even keep this thing? You want to read the next one from Cheyenne Ball? God, these names are coming in hot. Like these names. Bubbles prevents my child from drinking his bath water since the bubbles are a huge distraction. Well, that's good because my kid loves to drink the bubbles. So I'm glad that works for your kid. My kid is gross and is like, bubbles, maybe if I burp, it'll happen. For a long time, Sebastian liked drinking it too, but he also pees in the bath water. So we were like, don't drink your own pee. (laughs) All right, should we announce our winner? Heather Richmond. Heather says, hello, I was tempted to write, I just legit don't shower ever, but then I sounded dirty. What I mean is I do a super quick body shower and can only squeeze in a long enough shower to wash my hair and shave about twice a week. But if I have to shower with both kiddos under my jurisdiction, my mom's shower hack is the three Bs, a freaking bubble machine, a baby Bjorn bouncer, and blippy. God bless. I like her style. I know. The toddler gets blippy on the iPad and the baby goes in the baby Bjorn bouncer in the bathroom with me and a bubble machine on to entertain her, which yes, is entertaining enough until the shower door starts to fog over and then she starts to cry because she doesn't know where I possibly could have disappeared to. (laughs) So I spend half the shower making portholes with my hand to give the crying baby solace that I have not actually disappeared into the ether. (laughs) I love her. Yeah, this is a great one. And then oftentimes mid-shower, I hear the sweet, sweet noise of a chair being dragged across the floor. Every toddler mom knows this sound, which is obviously the toddler exercising his newly found independence into the high cabinets where every smart parent stores the good stuff. Oh my God, Sebastian never did that. Thank God. Luna did it. You know. Really? Yeah. So I have to quickly jump out, dripping sans towel, and scream out the door to my three-year-old downstairs, what are you doing? And he'll usually reply something like, oh, I just got a lollipop. It's okay, though. It was just an accident. An accident? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I have a lot to learn from him. And though it's not ideal to have a lollipop at 8 a.m., I shrug and say, okay, bud, because bubbles are smacking me in the face and I really don't have it in me to nakedly converse across the house about chair safety and having sugar fits first thing in the a.m. And at least he's eating a food substance and not paper or paint or whatever else. She's really painting a picture. I can see it. He knew her audience. Are you a creative writing major? So then I get to go back and enjoy the super
super relaxing 30 <laughs> seconds of rinse off all to myself before the portholes again. Ah, these are the days. Thanks for running this promotion. Cheers, Heather. Yay, Heather. Cheers to you because you, my friend, are winning a Jolie showerhead. Also, you know us so well. The cheers, the painting, the picture. You get us. You really do. You're a member of the momtourage. Honorable mention to the other two ladies. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. All 100 people that we got. Thank you. We really enjoyed reading your shower hacks. They were so, so good. Heather, send us an email so you can claim your prize and we can get that out to you with the Jolie team. And you know what? On my own dime, I will send you some swag because that's the kind of nice girl that I am. Yes, ma'am. So for everyone else who didn't win, we love you. Thank you for emailing us. You can head to JolieSkinCo.com to buy your own Jolie shower head. And once again, we promise you, we promise, promise, promise you, it is not a purchase you will regret. Unless you've decided not to shower anymore, then that's your problem, not ours. I pulled a couple of articles, not from our usual places, primarily from conscious parenting blogs. Sorry, that's me. I pulled from Care.com and Your Parenting Mojo. Again, Care.com is the app where you can get babysitters. That's how we found Bianca. And then Your Parenting Mojo is just a blog. And talking about how we can survive the holidays. It's a two-tiered thing. One is things you can do personally to survive the holidays and other things about visiting other people. Okay. First thing, perfectionism. Parents get a lot of mixed messages about what makes good parents. Perfectly curated holidays a la Instagram and Pinterest can leave us feeling like we need to live up to some kind of perfectionism. I mean, I agree 100%. Also, I don't really care to see people's Christmas tree. It's like every year on 4th of July when people post firework things and you're like, okay, I've seen it. I just want to feel good in my own house. I don't really care about other people's. I'm sort of more on the second one than the first one. But the second one is pressure to recreate the magic of our childhoods or do better than what we had if you didn't have the best version of that. Tradition can be a powerful driver at the holidays, and at times it can make things that should be fun seem like a duty. My family always made the holidays very magical, both in tradition and just in that little kid magic. That's where I feel the perfectionism. I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm creating those kind of memories for my kid. I want Sebastian to have the holiday memories I have of waking up, going downstairs to the Christmas tree, opening the presents, both sets of grandparents being there. But at the same time, token, someone like my mom resents the tradition of things because of the perfectionism mm-hmm. it puts on you. I know once Sebastian's a certain age and he's not really giving a crap about waking up early and opening his gifts, my mom's just not even going to be here. <laughs> my mom to just go away on the holiday so she doesn't have to decorate, which she doesn't. So she doesn't have to do the big dinners. Although I want to do all those things, I get where she's coming from. Yeah. I don't like any of the food on Thanksgiving. I like the family time, but working all freaking day long so that other people can feel like they did the thing that they're supposed to do. I don't know. My big touchy-feely, cozy, warm, fuzzy tradition, we haven't been able to do the last couple of years because of COVID, which is the Feast of the Seven Fishes with every single one of my cousins, all the kids. It's a dinner for like 38 people. And because of COVID and because all of us having kids of various health concerns in the last couple years, we haven't been able to do it. I really hope that when COVID, I don't think it's ever going to be over, but I don't know that we can get back to that because sometimes it was the one time I saw second cousins and third cousins that I never saw hardly ever. I've always wanted to go to somebody's Feast of the Seven Fishes just because A, it's fish and nothing appeals to me more. If we 
we do it again, I'll invite you. Thank you. Like, I have my own family stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll do it on a different day. Although, I'd abandon my family for less, I think. As long as it's a tinned fish. I totally get it. For us, it was Noche Buena, and now Matt's parents usually come Christmas Eve. I make a Christmas Eve dinner. We wake up, open presents, I make breakfast, and then usually they head to Matt's sister's house, and we go to a restaurant in the city with my parents, or Matt's family comes with us. I'm not going to cook two nights, and for me, Christmas Eve is more of the cooking holiday. Us too. Financial stress. Be honest with your family about your budget. Stick to it. Maybe try a four-gift-only rule or give experience instead of things. What's a four-gift-only rule? You can only buy four gifts for my kid or you can only buy me four gifts. Ah, okay. My family's pretty good about this. My brother, my sister, and each other's partners slash husbands slash whatever were doing a white elephant style one. And then other than that, I just buy my stepmom, my dad something. That's it. We're not going overboard and we are really honest. I mean, listen, I've been a starving artist my entire life. My family's pretty used to knowing what kind of gift I can afford. Every so many years, I'll give something a little bigger than my budget to make up for it. Like I bought my mom an iPad one time. It just can't be every time. I totally agree with you. And Lee and I love gifting experience or things you can eat or use up because we're trying to create less of a carbon footprint. I think everyone has people in their family that are not going to comply with things. Gifts are messy. I'd honestly rather have no gift than a gift that's generic and I'm not going to use because then that feels like a burden to me. I appreciate friends who are like, we don't even need to send. Like Danny and I haven't given each other Christmas gifts in so, so long. Valerie and I only do it every once in a while. And now what we do is we're doing it this weekend. We're recording in advance. We go to Pennsylvania and have a night at our friend's house. Everyone, including the kids, does a white elephant for our family. There's three, which I did the shopping for all three of these gifts. Luckily, I got Danny this year, and that's how I end up giving my friend a gift. Valerie and I decide what years we're going to do it. This year, she's like, I bought you something, so we're doing something this year. I was like, great, but we don't feel the pressure. So keeping up with the Joneses. Don't feel the need to be a crafty Pinterest mom. Comparison is contributing to the stress. Make it fun regardless of what others are doing. In case you guys didn't know, I don't give a fuck what other people think normally. I really don't. And I don't give a fuck to be as good or as cool or as great as anybody else. I don't give a fuck about that, but I'm sure lots of people do. I know my sister does. My sister is a person that feels the pressure of keeping up with the Joneses. And that tracks since she was a kid, too. My brother and I have been like, why would you want us to be a part of your group? We don't want to be a part of your group. The bottom line, you just got to take care of yourself. Make it fun. Keep it fun. Take care of yourself. So now, this is interesting. This is how to keep your sanity with your family. These are some things I have thought of, but not all of these things. They come up at various times, but during the holidays, you're going to get all of them at the same time. Yeah. Carefully consider where you will stay. Lee and I have been doing this even before we had kids. There's just certain places that are not comfortable for an adult couple to stay anymore. I don't need to sleep on a pullout couch. No. I can afford a hotel. Yep. Sometimes we'll do more driving than we need to so that we can stay in our own house or at the relative's house that's better to stay at. For instance, I love my sister, but their house has so many people in it already. My dad, my stepmom, my sister, her three kids, cats, dogs. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Even though they have an extra room, adding three more people to that load is a lot. Plus trying to get your kid to go to sleep and all of that. They have a beautiful guest bedroom and it's fine when I come because it's just one more person to the load, but three's a lot. Yeah. Plan in advance about where to set boundaries around family members. That's a tip from my therapist. That's important. My therapist said that before Thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving, she's like, plan in advance where you're setting your boundaries because that's just something I've been working on. I have a tricky relationship with my dad. So much of my adult life has been learning to set boundaries with him. And so that always comes up. But also it's like advocating for my partner too. So maybe Lee has boundaries that he needs to set with people that I don't have those boundaries with, but I need to try to support and advocate for those boundaries for him because he might not be able to do it if it's my family. That's a tricky thing that we recently ran into an issue with that. On one hand, whoever's family it is, is the one that should be handling it. Mm -hmm. But there's a fine line because, for example, Matt and my mom will get into silly little arguments that are so insignificant. And I start to freak out because I'm like, I got to be there for Matt. I got to do this. But it's also like Matt knows my mom. My mom knows Matt. If these two are not going to be cautious, this is just an example because I'm not saying that this has happened. But if these two are not going to be cautious of each other and courteous of each other's feelings and knowing what triggers one or triggers the other, then why is it my responsibility to take that on also? They have a relationship themselves. I just try to look ahead. If my mom's like, so Agreed. we were thinking about doing this for this day, and I'll be like, you know what? That's not Lee's favorite. Totally. My point is it's a very fine line because also you don't want to feel like your partner doesn't have your back or you don't want your partner to feel as if you don't have their back. So it's a very strange, fine line. And I think, like you said, having those boundaries in place ahead of time is very helpful. This is a big one for me. Except that your family will have different relationships with your child than you do. When you say it's a big one for me, what do you mean by that? I have real dad issues. And he wasn't there in some ways for my life. And sometimes I get either a little bit envious of how much he is in his grandchildren's Uh, lives. Okay, this makes sense. And or I have boundaries that me as a parent want to keep between Luna and my dad, knowing kind of the expectations and the letdown that I had. I want to, as much as I can, protect her from that. But I also don't want to deny her or my dad that unique relationship. So this is something that not just during the holidays, but during all times, I really try to balance with talking to my therapist about. My dad is going to have a different relationship with Luna than he does with me. And what am I okay with? And what am I not okay with? And just keeping that all on track. I get it. Be ready to protect your child when necessary. Yeah, duh. Your child above everything else. No shit. But I also know families that the dynamic is the elders have the say. Yes. And I actually grew up in a family like that where if an elder maybe said something that was not good to the child, the parent wouldn't question their parent. It also makes me think of this whole movement of not making your kid hug or kiss somebody if they don't want to. I agree with that. But when it comes to my parents or Matt's parents, I'm like, no, you kiss and hug your grandparents. Yeah. And maybe that's damaging. I'm not saying that that's the right move, but those two sets of people, I think he should hug and kiss his grandparents. That's how he shows love. It's also a new day, a new dawn. I think all of us are a little bit more protecting of our kids than we used to be. A new post-Balenciaga world. Yeah, post-Me Too. Yeah. Try to keep the routines, if possible, bath, books, bed, etc. But accept that disruptions to routines are part of what makes the holidays fun. True. I'm trying to be better at routines, but I'm a real disruptor. Carrie Sotero, the disruptor. Accurate title. But also, I feel like he's on vacation. And by he, I mean Sebastian. He should reap the benefits of being on vacation just like we get to. We do know little kids and their little, little amazing brains do love routine. So I do feel it like when we were on vacation that whole time, she came back and was a mess. And part of it was just because we had zero routines. Yeah. Demonstrate compassion for your child and yourself. That's the hardest one. For yourself, not for your child. Right, right, right. Hashtag swag bag. 
So mine is, what do you need when you're traveling to go see people? A pill organizer for all your meds. So I finally found the perfect pill organizer. And let me tell you, I have tried so many. I have three and I'm not happy with any of them. This is the one. This one has space for eight pills. So on the lid, it's two big ones. And in the bottom part of it, it's six smaller compartments. It comes with a little label so you can label them. It's not the prettiest pill organizer. You know what I did? I put a cute sticker on it. And I love this thing. I've had ones where it's like, yeah, it closes, but then like little Lexapro tablets float over into other things and mix with the Xanax and I can't tell which one's which. This takes care of all those problems with a little room to spare. I can keep a zinc tablet in case someone feels like they're getting sick in there and some aspirin. It is the best pill organizer and I think very appropriate for this week's episode. Yes. Mine is, since all the traveling I've been doing, the stroller and car seat travel backpack. So I have a couple of hacks for this. So it's a padded backpack. It's made to look like a car seat. So we put Luna's car seat in there and then okay. when you check it at gate check, it's nice and safe. But now, because Luna's using her car seat because it's like a booster on the plane to sit on, our collapsible stroller, which collapses really small, goes in that same backpack at gate check. So we basically switch them depending on where we are on the journey. But this is a padded backpack. You wear it on your back because it's always awkward to carry those things around. And then hack, please don't come at me, American United Airlines, whoever you are. You know those little zip air compressed containers? Not the ones that shrink everything, but the organizers. You're like, my underwear is here. Yes. I usually put Luna's clothes in one of those in my suitcase. But on the way back, if I have souvenirs, I put the whole zip thing in the backpack back and it gets gate checked along with my stroller. And times when I've only wanted to carry on, I've done the same thing. I've packed all of Luna's clothes, one of those things, and checked it in the backpack because they don't see what's in the backpack as my gate check item. I love this for you. You get away with sometimes not having to buy the extra money to do a checked bag. That's like the people who fly on Spirit and put it into their neck thing. Before Luna, I could sometimes get away, oftentimes get away with a carry-on. But since we share the suitcase now, it becomes harder and Luna's clothes are getting bigger. So on the California trip, I made space in my suitcase. But then when we came home, I had bought so many delicious vintage items that I had to do the gate check trick. Amazing. Thank you. Also, if you have any extra weight in your suitcase that you're trying to get rid of. That's a good way to do it. It's my hack. And I also just like it. It's weighted well. Your stuff doesn't get broken. It's a good little travel backpack. There you have it. Two hashtag swag bags we're linking in our Amazon storefront to get you prepared for your Christmas holiday travel. Guys, have a beautiful holiday. Whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. Or if you don't want to celebrate anything and you just want to be at home drinking hot toddies, watching the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. Which we haven't talked about and was so camp. I loved it. You do you. Enjoy your holidays. And remember, take care of yourself. Compassion for everyone involved. As Mama Roo says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. 
So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.